Open up your Bibles, if you would, to James chapter 4. Some people are like, why, why do we do that? Well, I, I just want to get us in the habit of kind of referring back to Scripture as to what it is and what takes place. And so if you're still learning your way around the Bible, just so you help you find James, that there's an Old Testament and a New Testament. The Old Testament starts with Genesis. The New Testament starts with Matthew. And James is in the New Testament. So to help you get there's Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts. You'll keep going. Romans, keep going. First and Second Corinthians, keep going. Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, keep going. Uh, first and Second Thessalonians, First and Second Timothy, keep going. Is that right? I have those backwards. Uh, Titus, Philemon, Hebrews, and James. And so um, James was actually the half brother of Jesus. He wrote this letter. He became a believer of Jesus after Jesus was raised from the dead. He appeared to him. He had a vision of Jesus. Jesus showed himself to him. And so he's writing this. And he said this in James chapter 4, verse 1. He said, what, what's causing the quarrels and fights among you? Don't they come from the evil desires at war within you? you? You want what you don't have, so you scheme and kill to get it. You're jealous of what others have, but you can't get it. So you fight and wage war to take it away from them. Yet you don't have what you want. Now this is, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. So he's... He's listing several things that we do on our own and in our strength to get the things that we want. But then he said, but he said, even we can't get things that way, then one of the reasons why we don't have things sometimes is because we don't ask God for it. We don't pray for it. And so clearly he's saying that we should pray for things. But then he goes on to say this. He said, you don't have what you want because you don't ask God for it. And even when you ask, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. You want only what will give you pleasure. So, so here he's, he's sharing with us that, you know, one of the things that takes place in our life is that, you know, that there's things that we want and we do, sometimes we, we try to get things in our own strength, in our own ability. We try to get things that way. But then he says, even when it's not that, sometimes people, well, man, I, I didn't do any of that. I prayed for it. I prayed about it. But he said, sometimes even when we pray for things, we don't get it because we pray for selfish reasons. As a matter of fact, the way it says this in the New Living, he says, you don't get it because your motives are all wrong. And he said, this is what can be our motive sometimes is that you want only what will give you pleasure. And so he's saying right here, he said that one of the reasons why we don't get what we want is because if you're taking notes, number one is this, is that when we pray, we pray with no concern for God's plan. It's just about what I want. Just about what I want to see take place. Just about the thing that I wanted. And, and, you know, often that we have to understand that, you know, that praying that God cares about our motives. He cares about our reason. Now, I think we struggle with some of the same things. I've had people say, that's like you were talking to me today. I said, well, we probably have the same issues. We battle the same thing. You're like, yeah, but you're a pastor. I, I know. I, I know. That. I knew the minute that I got up here and spoke this morning, I'm like, hey, I'm a pastor. I mean, I knew that. But, you know, we, we still deal with the same stuff, right? I mean, we still, right, we battle with the same things. I mean, some days I, I, I'm not a good husband. You say, well, how do you know? My wife's told me. And so, you know, I've had, I've had that. <laughs> and so we've had those moments, you know. But, but the truth of the matter is, is that with each one of the things that we do, that I know for me sometimes that I, there's things I've just prayed about and I've never stopped to think, what does God want? Or why does he want it? I mean, 
just like anybody, there have been times that there's things that I've wanted that, that, you know, I've tried to do it my way. I've tried to make it work with my own strength, my own resources, my own ideas. And that hasn't always been right. There's been other times wherever, you know, I've, I've prayed about it or I've talked to God about it, but I'm fully convinced that some things he hasn't said yes to because my reasons were all wrong. And if our reasons are all wrong, then it takes us, even if we were to get it, it, it takes us in the wrong direction. There, there's probably things in my life that I haven't received yet because he's a good father and he knew that to give those things to me would bring about my destruction or get me off course. You know, when my kids, I mean, I, I, I've shared this with you before, that when Tina and I got married, that, you know, lots of times people get married, like, I can't wait to have kids and stuff like that. And I was a, I was a youth pastor, and I loved working with teenagers. But I really was, I mean, I, I, I wasn't crazy. I didn't get married and say, hey, let's have kids as soon as possible. I got married and thought, I wonder if she's ever going to bring up the idea of having kids. And so, you know, just one of those things I just, you know, and when we ended up having our first one, it was like I, I loved being a dad way more than I ever thought I would. And I loved my kids, and I mean, you know, I wanted... I wanted to be good to them and demonstrate my love for them and that kind of thing. And there were some things, you know, we would want to do, but just because of the place we were in that we couldn't do. But then there were other things that we could do that we didn't do. And it wasn't because we didn't love them. We just knew that they weren't in a place to handle it. It would have been a disservice to them. It, it wouldn't have been a reflection of how much we care about them. It could have been a reflection of our own selfishness to not want to have our love question that we were willing to do something that we knew at our core wasn't good for them. But as good parents, there were times when we would not say necessarily no, but we might say, not yet. But I think often in our prayer life that we don't get to a place that, that we talk about, God, what do you want to do here? What is it you want? And not just what do you want to do, but why do you want this? Why, there's something powerful about not just wanting what God wants, but wanting it for the same reason that he wants it. Because honestly, again, there have been things I prayed for that I'm sure the Lord wasn't against. But there'd be times that in my praying for it, it was almost like the Spirit of God would give me a, a God thought and he would ask this question, Rick, why do you want this? Why do you want to see this take place? I'm amazed sometimes when I, when I talk to people about certain things and they'll begin to throw out their concerns and that type of thing and I'm like, I, I want to look at it, I'm grateful because they're, they're directed at me like, well, you know, I just don't want to be this, I don't want to be that. And I'm like, well, I, I appreciate that, but I want to look at them and go, do you not think the Lord talks to me about this kind of stuff? I mean, he's on me about it regularly. And I assume he is with you as well. That just you have this knowing and this conviction on the inside. You say, well, why don't my prayers answer? Why, I can't, I don't know why all of them aren't answered. And there's, there can be different reasons other than the ones I'm just telling you, you know, like things like God won't override somebody's will. We all have free will. Well, then why do I pray for people? Because your prayers invite him into the situation. Your prayers invite him into that moment. And because you're praying, he visits them. He convicts them. He, he deals with them in their sleep and in their thoughts and in their conversation. He deals with them in all of those things, and he sends people across their path, just like he did you, just like he did me. But he won't make them. He won't make them. He didn't make me. 
He didn't make me do things. I, I had to surrender. I had to be willing to respond to that dealing and that conviction. But one of the reasons why sometimes our prayers don't get answered is because we pray with no concern for God's plan. It's just about what I want. It's so that I can do my thing. So my life will be easier. And so, you know, that I just get to do the things that I want to do. Because God is such a good father. There are times that he has to wait for my heart to adjust. Even when I'm praying for what he wants, my reasons have to get in line. I have to get in shape to what his reasons are. Because just like it would with my kids when they were little, that he as a good father knows that sometimes giving me what I want before I'm ready for it could be destructive to me. Giving me what I want, and even if he wants that for me too, but because my motives are all wrong, could get me off track. Could impact the way I deal with my family or my marriage or the people around me. And I, I think sometimes, you know, we just kind of start with where we are. Start with what we want. Instead of that place of just getting lined up and begin our, our pursuit by trying to find out what it is that God wants and what he wants to do in that moment and in that situation. I know that, you know, I, when I was single, I, I was almost 28 when I got married, which was I wanted to be married before that. And the truth of the matter is, is that I wasn't. And you say, well, why not? Ask the girls I dated. I don't know. And so, um, <laughs> but, um, but the truth of the matter is, is that I'm sure there were things that I just wasn't ready yet. I just wasn't ready yet. And so there's a work that has to be done in us so that our motives are right, so that my reasons are, are connected. And, and even though, you know, it wasn't like God was against me being married. He just didn't want me to screw up my life and somebody else's in the process. So there's a work that he does in us. And so number one is we're teaching this, it starts with this, that we pray, sometimes that our prayers are is because we pray with no concern for God's plan. It's not about, hey God, what do you want? And we have to start there. God, what do you want? Let's look at number two, if you would go with me, if you would, to Matthew chapter six. It's the first book in the New Testament. Matthew was a follower of Jesus. At one time he was an outcast, even among religious people. Religious people didn't like him and Jesus saw him. He saw something special in him and he just, you know, he recognized that there was a call or he, he had a purpose in his life on things that God was going to do in him and nobody else may have seen it, but Jesus saw it. And so Matthew writes this eyewitness account. He was on the eyewitness accounts of this. And so in Matthew chapter six, verse seven, it says this, Jesus is talking. He said, when you pray, that's interesting. He didn't say if you pray. He said, when you pray. In other words, he was talking to his followers and he was letting followers know that we, you know, praying should be a part of what we do. So when you pray, don't babble on and on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows. Everybody say, my father knows. My father knows. Your father knows exactly what you need. He knows exactly what you need. He didn't say he knows exactly what you want, even though he does. But the thing that he's looking at is what you need. He knows exactly what you need even before you ask him, pray like this. So 
He's telling them this is what our prayers should look like or these are the elements that should be in our prayers. And he's getting ready to give them the Lord's Prayer. Now, many of you, if you're like me, you were raised hearing the Lord's Prayer in the King James Version. And this is a new living. But it's, so the wording is a little different, but the elements are the same. I remember as a kid growing up that my dad prayed every night with me and we prayed the Lord's Prayer. It was just a prayer that he prayed with me over and over again. In the early church, a lot of the church fathers prayed this continually daily. It's one that Jesus gave them. He said, when you pray, pray like this. Our Father. Now, isn't it interesting he didn't start out and say, my Father? But he was letting us know from the beginning that, man, that, that, you know, as we give our lives to Jesus, that we're a family, that we're a body, that we're in this together. He's our Father. And so we give our lives to Jesus. Our Father in heaven. Um, he said this. He said, our, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. Now, this is. May your will be done. Everybody say, your will be done. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In other words, in this, he's, he's giving us what prayer should have, elements it should have, an acknowledgement of our relationship with him and our relationship with each other. And just an act of worship, you know, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, hallowed be your name, you know, just the acknowledgement of all of those things, but also as a part of it, your will be done. You will be done. I, I think that there's a few things that have happened. One is, is that one of the reasons why I wanted to deal with this is to why some prayers don't get answered. Because I just know for some people, man, this has been a thing that's been, it's been such a disappointment to them because they've been faithful in their walk with God. They've walked with him. They've served him. And yet they've had things in their life that haven't taken place. And it's impacted their walk with God when they've stepped back from their relationship with him. And not because they're bad people. It's because they're disappointed. I've seen other people completely turn away from God. And I think we have to address things like this so that we have an understanding. But, but I think also the other thing that's happened is, is that some people have quit thinking that their prayers make any difference. So as a result of that, they have a minimal to almost zero prayer life. But we understand like prayer, one of the purposes of it, and you know, just to get a little theological with you for just a minute, is that when Adam and Eve were created, that God entrusted them with the care of the garden and the care of this planet. They were made stewards. And what does a steward do? Whatever the master tells them. But when Adam blew it and he sinned in the garden, that it's almost like he gave that title, that authority to the devil. And in a few weeks when we talk about why bad things happen, we'll deal with this a little bit more. But when Jesus was crucified and raised from the dead and he came and stood before the disciples and he said this, all power or authority has been given unto me. Now go and make disciples of all people. In other words, he was saying, that which Adam gave away in his betrayal, Jesus won back in his crucifixion and resurrection. And as a result of that, that we can be in that place again where we can pray for the plan of God, the will of God to be carried out upon the earth. It's one of the great assignments that he's given us as believers to be prayers where we're praying for God's plan and his purpose to be carried out in our life, to be carried out in our families, in our children's lives, in our marriages, in our church, and in our community, in our state, and in our nation, in the world, that we as the body of Christ, it's a great responsibility. It's a great calling. But we have, we have these unanswered questions about our prayer life, and so we just pull back, and it's a trick of the enemy because he realizes the same thing that James, the half-brother Jesus said on. He said, the effectual, fervent,
prayer of a righteous person makes much power available. And so we're called to do that in our prayers. And so right here, Jesus said that an element of our prayers should be praying that God's will will be done in this situation. It's one of the ways that we steward God's plan in our lives. It's one of the ways that we become part, that he's partnered with us. Well, Pastor Rick, God's God, he can just do whatever he wants. That's true, he can. But because of his grace and because of his goodness, he's chosen to allow us to be a part of it. Not because he needs us or he has to, but because he's good and he wants to. Man, I sat out in the parking lot this morning as I pulled in. I was just thinking about my life. And I thought about where we are and that type of thing. And sometimes it's just a mystery to me. Man, if there's anybody that was, was ever undeserving of the goodness of God, it's me. It's me. And I just sit there and I gave him thanks. I'm just so grateful for how good you've been to me. I know me. I know not just what I'm capable of doing, but I know things I've done. And you're good to me. And I think we understand that, that he's a good father. And as a good father, he doesn't give us things that we're not ready for yet, or he doesn't give us things that it's not time yet. And, and sometimes, you know, I start immediately with what I want instead of, God, what is it? What's your plan here? What's your purpose? Now, here's what I do know, that when we find it in Scripture, if the Bible says it, then we know immediately. You know, I don't have to ask him what his plan is. He's already told me this is his plan. This is his purpose. But there's so many things in my life that not just knowing what it is, but, but why he wants it. God, why do you want to do it this way? And then how do you want it done in this moment, in this setting, in this situation? Again, I think about my own life. You know, I, I got married later. We started a church later than most people do. And I'm like, you know, there are times I'm like, man, I wish we'd have done this earlier. But I know that if, if I'd have tried to do this earlier, I mean, as you think I've made dumb mistakes now, man, you should know me 10 years before we did this. It'd have been a, a you know, it, it'd be a flea market right now. Just, there wouldn't be a church here. It'd be like, they got a flea market down the parking lot next to $5 gold diggers. And so, um, you know, it'd just been one of, one of those things right there. But in his goodness, in his, he had me wait. And I, I think we don't realize that sometimes our prayers don't get answered. We're taking notes is because our prayers should be connected with God's will. God, what do you want? What is it you want to see take place here? I'm not coming to you because this is what I want. It's wild whenever David, there's a couple of times this happened. One time in particular, his family, his men and their families were in a place called Ziklag and and the enemy came in while David and his men were out on a campaign. And when they came back, man, the, the city was burned. Their wives and their kids were gone. And they wept. They wept. You can imagine their families are gone. We're out doing what God wants us. We're following this guy that says he's God's man. And look, you know, he's got us in this harebrained scheme. Now we've lost our families. And they were talking about stoning David. And this is a David encouraged himself in the Lord. And then he went and he said this. He said, do you want me to pursue them? He's asking God that. And I don't think he's asking that because he was hoping that God would say, nah, let him go. There's more wives out there. I don't think that's what his plan was. I think he was asking like with a confidence to God, I know that, that you're going to bring my family back to me, but what's my role in it? What is it you want me to do? I mean, I'd have, been, I'd have just jumped on my horse and taken off. What happened to Rick? Yeah, he was killed in a horse accident. His family came back the next day. He missed him. So some of you are applauding that. Anyway, so, but, but the truth of the matter is, yeah. So, I mean, so we, 
you know, when we pray about those things that sometimes, man, we just start with what we want, when we want it, and how we want to see it done as opposed to beginning with this, and that is, God, what do you want to do here? God, what's my plan? What, do you, what part do I play in this? And sometimes his response to you may be like it was to David. It's like, yes, pursue them. And other times his response may be this to you, and that is, you just stay behind the scenes and pray. And the enemy will try to tell us that that's insignificant and it doesn't matter. No, man, that's a critical role. That's crucial in what's going to take place as you partner with God and pray out for his plan and his purpose to be done in that moment and that God brings the people into it that he wants to use and however he wants to. I can't tell you how many times when God has spoken to my heart, the biggest challenge for me was not what he wanted to do, but how is it going to take place? When I was wanting to go into youth ministry, that was one of the things that was just kind of kept getting in the way of me rejoicing of what I sensed he was doing in my life is I couldn't see how it would happen. Do you know why I didn't know how it could happen? Because he didn't need to tell me. He was going to reveal his goodness and his greatness. What he wanted me to do was get ready. If I would have known, hey, this is the way it's going to go, I wouldn't have spent any time praying, prepare, letting him prepare my heart for what's up ahead. I'd have just been like, I know what's going to happen. This is going to take place. That's going to happen. But we miss out because Jesus said that part, what he gave us, the model prayer, that an element of it is, is that God, in this moment, in this situation, I want your will to be done. Just the way your will is done in heaven, I want your will to be done here. So this isn't about what I want. It's about what you want. You know what it requires me to do? Trust him. Sometimes I don't fully know what it is he's going to do or how that's going to work. Or sometimes it feels like it's moving in a different direction than if I was in control, I would have it go. If I'm not careful, then I push aside what he wants. And I just begin to pray like what he wants doesn't matter. It's all about what I want. And then I stand back in amazement and hurt and disappointed when he didn't do what I wanted to do. I look back over time when I was single and, and I, at the time it didn't make sense when things didn't work out. And I'm like, man, God, will I ever get married? Will I ever have my own family? It didn't make sense to me and my heart was hurt. I look back now knowing things now that I didn't know then, man, I'm grateful I'm grateful for how things turned out, for the way they happened. Even in that, you know, especially in the early years of our marriage, that God didn't put me together with somebody that thought just like me, that reasoned just like me. I could go on, but I'm going to stop right there. But the truth of the matter is that I married somebody like me, the things that I've gotten to experience and the, the, the things that God has taken us through and allowed us to do and be a part of, those things would have never happened. I would have gotten too comfortable. Sometimes my prayers don't get answered because they're not connected with what God wants. My motives aren't right. And so we have to start praying with a concern for God's plan and our prayers should be connected with God's will. That part of our stewards of what God has given us as followers of Jesus is to pray out his plan and his purpose. 
You want to be involved in things for your families? That's good. That's fine. Go for it. Involved in your kids' activities? That's good. That's fine. Those things are okay. They're good. They're important. But they're not as important as praying for your family, praying for your kids. You want to be involved in things for your nation? Vote. I'm a big believer in voting. Pray. Do research. But pray for your country. Pray for it. Pray, we're instructed to pray for those that are in charge, pray for those things, ask God to move, ask him to work, pray for revival, pray for the church, this one and every other church as well, to, to awaken to the move of God and to the plan of God and to the call of God, to awaken to what God wants to do. And as we do that, as we begin to partner with him, then sometimes not overnight, but eventually in time we begin to see his hand move and things begin to take shape and take place. And there's things that he knew that I didn't. People that I didn't even have in my life at the time when I first began to pray about those things. It was just so cool this morning. I walked over in the kids' room and with their series, they decorated for their series. It's just one of those things that I thought, how cool is this? And, and you know, Ashley, she does our, our, she's our children's pastor. She oversees that. But it wasn't her that did it. It was somebody else that's a part of the church that has this gifting that, that does that and it does it has an appeal to kids and it helps prepare their hearts so that so that they'll lean in when the message is shared they'll hear it you say when did that happen did well this may be the first week that it happened but it began not then it began the moment she prayed for it and so number two is this is our prayer should be connected with God's will let's look at this last one and we'll close go to first John chapter five now first John is towards the end of your Bible like if you were going to go backwards, I think you know, the last book of the Bible is Revelation. The one before that is Jude, and then 3 John is before that, then 2 John before that, and then 1 John. And 1 John is a letter that the Apostle John wrote to the church, to some Christians. And so in verse 13, he said this, 1 John 5, 13. He said, I have written this to you. He's going to tell us who he wrote the letter to. I've written this to you who believe in the name of the Son of God. How many of you in here believe in the name of the Son of God, believe in Jesus? Let me see your hand. So he's written this to you. He told you who he's written this to. He's written this to you. This is written to you. And this is what he said, so that you may know you have eternal life. So if we wanted you to know that as you believe, and it's not just an intellectual acknowledgement of it, it's one of those things that it's a belief that it impacts the way that we live. It impacts the decisions we make. He said, if that's where your belief is, he said, you have eternal life. I mean, Jesus is yours and you know, heaven's your home. He goes on to say this, so that you may know you have eternal life. And he said, and we are confident. Everybody say confident. confident. We are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. So don't answer this out loud, okay? That's going to be hard for some of you. Don't answer this out loud. When's the last time you prayed with confidence? Not, not in desperation. Not, not just out of obligation but with confidence. And you say, and, and, and you are, I'm, I'm a believer in Jesus. He's impacted my life. This is what I do. You pray? Not often, Pastor, why? I get busy. Things happen. I've been disappointed. For you to start praying with confidence would change the way you approach your prayer life now. But he's going to tell us how we can do that. He, he goes on to say, and we are confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. 
And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. So I wrote this down, and this whole theme is kind of the same. I've said the same thing, just kind of in different ways. But it's this right here. When we want what God wants, we can pray with confidence. I should have added this in here. When we want what God wants for the same reason God wants it, we can pray with confidence. Most of our prayers should not start with, hey, I want this. Most of our prayers should begin with, if we don't have a scripture for it, should begin with, God, what do you want to do here? What needs to take place? I had a friend of mine one time, he was dealing with some health issues. And he prayed, and he, just, he was wanting to see things happen. They didn't happen. Eventually, he went to the doctor. The doctor gave him some things and stuff like that. And I remember he, he asked the Lord, he said, Lord, why don't you just heal me? And I love what he said. The Holy Spirit spoke to him. He said, he said you, you needed to make some adjustments in what you were doing for your health. And had, you, had I just done it for you, you wouldn't have made those adjustments. There were some changes you need to make. There, there's times, you know, we just, well, God, why don't you just do this? But we have to want what he wants for the same reason that he wants. I, I've shared this with you, but when Tina and I, you know, I'm from here, but we lived in New Mexico for 17 years, did student ministry there. And so um, we, we'd had this little minivan because we had kids. That's what you get minivans. And so, um, and so then as they were growing, we wanted a car that was a little bigger that would give everybody a little bit more room. We didn't need it, but we wanted it. And so, and I kind of had a knowing on the inside that it wasn't supposed to be time, you know, just for whatever reason, we weren't supposed to do that right now. But I overrode that because the Bible says that God will supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. So I figure I should get whatever I want and he'll take care of me. And so, by the way, that's wrong theology. And so just so you know that, okay. And so, but it didn't, I didn't let it stop me. I still tried to do it, still pursued it. And I, just every step along the way, the God kept trying to shut the door like, no, this is not best for you. No, this is not best for you. This, and then it's almost kind of like a parent that God goes, okay. Have you ever had him do that to you? Okay. Well, he did the okay. We got the new vehicle. It was like, it's 66 easy payments. None of them were easy. That guy, man, if there's a, if there's a car salesman hall of fame, that dude's picture is in there. Probably us standing next to him and like, these poor souls have no idea what happened to him. Oh, we did after the first month. And I'm like, there's 65 more of these? I mean, it was nuts. But it, again, it wasn't like God didn't, he was like, oh, I don't want you guys to have a, a decent car or anything like that. No, just some things that, for whatever reason, it just wasn't the time yet. But I was going to push past all of that because I wanted that and I know. And again, you know, when it comes to that, that we pray about things, you know, you know, sometimes we pray for our family. There's things we want to see take place. And, and, you know, and sometimes we get in the way of what God's trying to do in their situation. Sometimes the best we can do is just lift, lift their names up to heaven. God, do in them what only you can do. What role do you have? What is it I'm supposed to do? And sometimes we see the pain that our spouse goes through, our kids go through, our parents go through, our siblings go through. And we don't fully understand all of it. And I'm not pretending that I do. And I'm not saying that God's doing that to them. 
But I am saying that, that the calling to pray for them in that moment is no small thing. It's not an ineffective or indifferent stance. It's a powerful stance, a powerful choice that we make to lift their name up into the throne room of God. Hebrews describes it this way. It says, come boldly to the throne of grace that you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in times of need. Well, why hasn't it happened yet, Rick? I don't know. But I believe I'm praying for what he wants to see in their life because I've asked him. God, what is it you want to do in them right now? What's the change that needs to take place in them right now? And we begin to pray that way. Not so the world will say we're great parents or that we're a great spouse or we have a great family. But we do it. But we should do it because we want to see God's plan come to pass in their life. And praying for them is a calling that's upon our life. That when God reveals the brokenness or the hard places in a person's life, it's not so we can pour forth criticism in their life, but he uses those places to grab our attention and let us know, pray for them in this area. And as we do that, we're praying what he wants for the reason that he wants it, and then we can have confidence in our prayers. And it doesn't matter if it's been a month or a year or a decade, because the calendar is not the thing that determines whether or not God is faithful. God's word and his presence and the things that we've experienced with him over a lifetime reveal to us that we can trust him. And so our prayers become different. That may not be the reason why your prayer wasn't answered. There's other reasons. But I think it's the place to start. God, what do you want? What do you want to do here? What do you want me to do? Let's do this. I want you to bow your heads and close your eyes for just a minute. And some of you may have things that you've been praying about. Some of you may have walked away from some things because you're frustrated or disappointed or hurt or maybe even mad at God. Let's just be real for a minute. You've been faithful. And yet in this moment, it seems like he's indifferent to what you need. What if you start with this? God, what do you want to do here? How do you want me to pray about this? There could be something bigger that I'm not seeing right now. Something that I'm missing in this moment. Let's just spend a moment with God. Let him deal with you as you make your as you open up and surrender. As, as a servant, praying out his purpose, his plan, not just yours, his. Let's just spend a moment with God.